welcome everyone to our Good Friday service at Sanctuary Church. We're excited you're here, and can we put our hands together and welcome everybody that's online that can't be here? We're so glad you're here too. My name is Rod, one of the pastors here, and the message is entitled, So What Makes Good Friday Good? We call it Good Friday, but really think about like what's good about Good Friday? So what I want to do is I want to talk about three reasons why Good Friday is good. Three realities, really, that, that can change your life, that can transform your life. Three reasons why you would want to believe what we're going to talk about this evening here. Three reasons that can make you better you and make you better at life. And so if you want to join me with prayer for just a moment. Father, thank you that we're here. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you, Jesus, that you're the son of the living God, that you're the creator of the universe, that you came from heaven to earth, the spotless, sinless son of God who did something utterly unimaginable for undeserving us, that you were crucified on a cross for our sins to make us right with you. We pray that we would be able to grasp the reality of that this evening in Jesus' name. And everyone said, so I have a question to ask you. And that is like, what makes Good Friday good? Like, what is it that, about, that we should be glad for Good Friday? Here's the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and he's mocked, he's beaten, he's whipped, he's tortured, and he dies an excruciating death on a cross. It was horrific, it was torturous, it was gruesome, it was brutal, it was unfair, and the Son of God now is treated in an absolutely horrific way, and we call it Good Friday. Like, how do you connect those dots here? So what is good about Jesus Christ being executed on a cross by Roman soldiers? I mean, it seems like it should be called something else, like Sad Friday, or Bad Friday, or the most ultimate Worst Friday ever, but really, friends, Good Friday. And now we see crosses everywhere in culture. You may have some on tonight. You see them over church. You see them everywhere. But then it was a symbol of execution and death. And so I want to suggest to you that the physical realities of Jesus' crucifixion, though they are horrific, that the spiritual realities are absolutely astounding. And those are what I want to talk to you tonight. That while it seemed like the powers of darkness were triumphing at the cross, it was actually God's rescue mission, which was on full display. Jesus did for us to the cross literally is what makes Good Friday good. What he did at the cross is literally what makes Good Friday good. So I want to invite you to look at the screen here. We're going to be looking at some scriptures from 2 Corinthians 5 and also from Colossians chapter 2. If you want to look at the screens there, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says this. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for sin. Why? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. I want you to notice it says for God. Like, Good Friday begins with God. Good Friday is about God. And so that God loved us so much, that God saw the brokenness of our lives. 2,000 years ago, Jesus became just like us. God became flesh and dwelt among us. He came to be with us because God recognized that he was the only way that man could be reconciled or made right with God. So Jesus Christ, God became flesh, became a substitute for us. And he did 
for us what we can never do for ourselves, and he died for our, uh, our sins. So Jesus then became the Passover lamb. John said, there's the son of God, the, pa- the Passover son of God that takes away the sin of the world. Because God recognized there was only one solution for our sin, that God had to become man and die for us. So Jesus then took our place at the cross there and stood in the place of guilty sinners like you and me. So Jesus then, friends, the perfect God-man, the spotless Lamb of God, became a sin-suffering in our place. And I just need to tell you that this is the most magnificent marvel that heaven had ever executed. Nothing like this ever compared. It was God's plan that a real transfer would happen at the cross where humanity would be made right with God because of Jesus Christ. So this becomes the grandest transaction in all of history, in all of earth, where Jesus did something absolutely outrageous. And it says this, so that we, so that we should what? That we could be made right with God. So you think about it, there's nothing that you can do to be right with God. There's no amount of good works. There's no amount of trying harder that you could ever do. The only way you can be right with God is through what Jesus Christ did here. And so what he recognizes is that broken, sinful people like you and me need to be made right with God. Well, how does that happen? Through Christ alone, by faith alone, what Jesus has done on the cross. Really, friends, it is an absolutely staggering reality that we receive a right standing with God on the basis of faith, and we don't have to do anything. It's Jesus plus nothing makes you right with God, just having faith in him. And so uh, I need to tell you that Jesus was forsaken, that we would never be made forsaken, that Jesus was put to death that we might live forever with him, that Jesus absorbed the divine wrath, that he stood in our place, that he took the sin, took the place of our sin, and no amount of trying harder will ever make us right with God. So Good Friday, friends, is good because the death of Jesus Christ potentially changes everything for everybody for all time, what he did on the cross. So number one is this. Good Friday is Good Friday because it makes us right with God. The cross of Jesus Christ makes us right with him. There's a great song that we sing sometimes that captures so well, I think, the essence of what I'm trying to say. And the song goes like this. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, and leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I wouldn't, don't deserve it. Still, you gave yourself away. The Bible says that we were utterly hopeless. When we were without hope, Christ died for the ungodly. The song continues. When I was your foe, when we were the enemies of God, still your love fought for me. You paid it all for me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. No wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. All the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And that's what 
took Jesus to the cross, the overwhelming, reckless love of God. Just give it up, friends. A love, friends, that leaves, a love that will leave the 99 to pursue you, the one. That's what the love of God is like, something that we could never earn. So the overwhelming, never-ending love of God expressed at the cross of Jesus Christ makes you right with God. Then in Colossians, it says this, Colossians chapter 2, verse 13. And you were what? You were dead because of your sins. God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all, some? No, all our sins. It says, watch, friends, what's this, what's this whole business about you're dead? This is what it's about. Saying you were walking, you had a pulse, your eyes were open, you were, you were doing life, you were alive physically, but you were stone cold dead spiritually. And it says here, you weren't just having a bad day, you weren't just handicapped, you weren't just misguided, you were dead. Because of your sin, you're ultimately separated from God. And so you were spiritually dead, you were at zero point spiritually. This is saying that you flatlined. In a spiritual sense, you flatlined spiritually. You were absolutely unresponsive to God. You had no spiritual heartbeat, no spiritual pulse. Some of you could be like that this evening. What profound words here they are. You look at the screen. When you were dead, when God looked at you and he said, but I'm going to make you alive. And he doesn't say that I'm just going to change you or I'm going to help you overcome your weakness or you just need to think positive. No, I'm going to make you alive here. It says that when we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins, and we could be no further from God because of the cross, what he did is he made us alive in Christ. What's so good about Good Friday? Well, I'm going to tell you here. Jesus destroyed our inward spiritual death. He bridged the gap of our separation with God, and he brought life, spiritual life. We become aware of God. We become aware of who God is, where spiritual things become real to you, where Jesus becomes real to you, where uh, you know that you are right with God, that you're walking with God, that you, you know God, and he makes you spiritually alive. And friends, there's nothing like that. It creates a buzz within you that will never go away. It continues to say, then God made you alive with Christ. Watch. Look at the screen. For he forgave what? All your sins. How many sins? All your sins, right. So all means not just some, but think about it, all your sins. Every single sin that you'll ever create in your entire life, God has forgiven you all your sins at the cross. So number two, why Good Friday is good because all our sins are forgiven. It's awesome, friends. At the cross, God placed on Christ all of our sins. Every evil thought, every evil word, every evil action. Uh, it's a record of sin, the Bible says, that goes on for miles and miles. So not just your past, not just your present, you're forgiven all your sins. Not just your big sins, not just your little sins, not just the sins that you still would regret, live with regret, and they haunt you. All your sins are forgiven. All your sins have been done in public. All your sins have been done in private. All your secret sins and more. All your sins have been forgiven. Sins that plague you. Sins that haunt you. Sins that cause you regret. He forgave all those sins. 
Sins that you think are unforgivable. Sins that you think have defined you. He forgave all those sins. See, it was common practice. Bible scholars tell us that people would be crucified. About 10,000 people were crucified. And the ones who were condemned, this is historical fact, the ones who were condemned to die on the cross would have their crimes posted on their head, like Jesus claimed to be the Son of God. That was posted there. So the record of sin then, the Bible is saying here, was nailed to the cross. Imagine what this is saying. Think about it, that above you, above your head, uh, there is a record of your sin. If you could see a rap sheet of your sin there, that has been canceled, that has been washed away, that has been erased, it has gone forever, as the Bible says in Psalms, as far as east is from west. There's no poles of the east pole and, north and west pole. It's just, it's forever and ever. And so the record, stand, the record that stood accusing you, as it says in, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 2 in the ESV, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands, this he set aside, watch, nailing it to the cross. It is something that stands, the Bible says, against you, condemning you. If it wasn't for Christ, if it wasn't for the cross, friends, it would seal your fate forever, for time and eternity, separated from God without hope. That's the gravity of Good Friday. And here it was, not one thing that I could do about it. And we stood before a holy God with a rap sheet we could never do anything about. And the Bible says that at the cross, Jesus did this, canceling the record of sin or debt that stood against us. What does it mean to cancel? Literally means to erase an entire book. Think of that and think of your own life, that your life is seen like one big volume of sin, that at the cross, Jesus Christ erases every page of sin in the book. It means to wipe out. I mean, he, he made your slate clean. Friends, we have, good, we have good news to tell on Good Friday. God took, watch, like the eraser out at the cross, that is the blood of Christ, and he looked at every page of your life, every page, the record of your life of sin there, and, uh, and he washed it away. Watch, it means this. As if there had never, it had never been written on before. As if the pages had never been written on. That's what Christ did for you. Says that our brokenness, he's taken everything that we've ever done, every sin that we would ever do here, and he nailed it to the cross. Now think about that, friends. God, look at the cross is there. God nailed Jesus to the cross so that our sins would never be nailed to us. Jesus was nailed to a cross so your sins would never be nailed to you. Good Friday is good because we're made right with God. Good Friday is good because he's forgiven all our sins. And here's the third one, and I love this one too. Good Friday is good because the devil's power has died or been destroyed. I think we need to hear this in the day and age in which we live. Verse 15 says this, in this way, he, that is Jesus on the cross, watch, disarmed the spiritual rulers and authority. Who is that? 
Satan and his dominions. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. It's awesome, friends. Watch. It says he stripped them of all, the other translation, of all spiritual tyrants in the universe, of their sham authority at the cross, and marched them naked through the streets. Well, what does that mean? What that means is that the Roman army, with their legions of soldiers there, after they had conquered and won the battle, it wasn't just enough to win. It wasn't just enough to conquer them. They had to crush the enemy. That no one would ever rise up again against Roman power. So when they won the war, the enemy was totally defeated. There would be the legions that then would return to Rome with the Roman general ahead of them. And the emperor then would welcome them into the city. There would be an enormous parade, a glorious Roman parade there. And Roman legionnaires would be parading through the city, the general ahead of them, triumphant and victorious. And then they would bring behind them the plunder of people that they had captured. And they would be showing the Roman citizens, look at who we have defeated. Picture in your, in your minds this scene here, that at the end of the procession, they're chained and they're naked. Are the enemies being dragged behind them? Paul reaches around to this picture, says, look, that's a picture of what happened at the cross of Jesus Christ where Satan thought that he was going to get victory, but now he was chained, like being dragged like those uh, enemies of the Romans. And they were essentially saying this, those people you heard of that marched around terrorizing you, remember the enemy and how they wanted to invade. Now look at them, naked and in chains, and you don't have anything to fear about them. And that's what it's saying. Friends, it's saying that the third reason for good to, for Good Friday, is that the devil has been defeated, has been destroyed his power at the cross. It literally means this when it says disarmed. It says that at the cross, Jesus undressed them, demonic powers. He stripped them of their power. He stripped them of their authority. He stripped them of the demonic power that they had. He exposed them, defeated them, and made Satan ineffective at the cross. In the life of every Christ follower, he shamed them publicly. And he took the victory that they thought they'd won at the cross, and they were stripped, disarmed, rendered powerless, and friends, they can't touch you. So this is why Good Friday is good, because what happened at the cross, the Son of God came to give himself as a sacrifice to what? To make us right with God. Friends, to forgive all our sin and defeat, to defeat the devil. So to help us grasp the, the fullness and the reality of this, we heard it with our ears, staggering reality. But it helps then to, to do something to, to respond to it. So there's these Good Friday respond cards here. I want you to pull it out. And uh, on the card it says this, my fears, my failures, my brokenness, in my sin. And this is what we bring to the cross. This is what we're going to bring to the cross tonight. So you take out your cards and you think about those things in your own life. How about shame and guilt and, and, and remorse and painful memories? How about the story that you can't, you don't feel like you can shake? I want you to write that down. 
And so you say, well, why are you asking me to write these things down? Here's why I'm asking you. Because the last thing God wants for you is just to hold on to them and just to live, you know, coming to Good Friday and really not experiencing any kind of like God's power in, in your life here. So we all have fears. I have fears. You have fears. Fears that maybe we can always be this way. Fears maybe that we're never going to change. Fears that maybe I'm not going to be what God wants me to be. Fears that uh, uh, we, we live with every day that can torment us. So take a moment to, to, to write a fear there. I think there's also failures. And I wrote these down too, my friends. I'm just asking you to do it. I wrote these down too. But failures, what about failures that bring shame that you live with? What about fa failures that they haunt you? What about failures that, for some of you friends, they define you, that you're defined by your failures? You're defined by what you feel like God cannot forgive. Failures that cause you all kinds, boatloads of regret. What if you write those down? And how about brokenness? Maybe it's your selfishness or your lies or your choices or what you did to somebody or what somebody did to you or what you put in your body. Or, and, and what it's saying is this, is you don't need to keep carrying the weights of the past on Good Friday because Jesus was nailed to a cross for these things. And so your sins, maybe how you feel like you failed God as you, you've ignored God. And so, um, friends, listen to me. The cross is where the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, it cleanses us of all sin. Nothing to be ashamed about in bringing your sins to the cross. We're just essentially doing uh, what Jesus said that he would do in nailing our sins to his cross. And so we're living that out because he washes us of our past. He washes us of our guilt and shame and fears and failures and brokenness. And friends, what, is, what wants to define you? And watch, watch. And God has designed that they would no longer have power to define you and to define your future. Our sins are continually being carried away by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so for many of us, what we're going to write down on these cards, it's screaming that this has defined you and it doesn't need to define you for the rest of your life. Because God in Christ, the great remover of sin, has a divine solution for the cards in our hands. And so this is what is so good about Good Friday. So friends, I want to remind you that you came carrying to the cross your sins, your failures, your regrets, your past, and you came back to your seats and what is in your hands? Nothing is in your hands. You carried your sins to the cross and nothing you came back with. Your sins, your fears, your failures, your brokenness, nailed to the cross. But I want to encourage you never to forget this. You return to your seat empty-handed. And now you stand with hands empty, not carrying your past anymore, nailed to the cross.